Good morning, everyone. It's an, an auspicious day, uh, indeed, a great day. Let's, uh, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that your word endures, your word is eternal, uh, your word gives life. And that life comes through your Son, Father, as your Spirit opens our heart to receive and to understand the Scriptures. We thank you for baptism in all that it represents and symbolizes and all that it communicates to us about the gospel, about your power not only to give life but then to raise us back to life once we have departed this earth and have entered into your presence. We thank you for the sustaining power of your word that allows us to trust you and to follow you through every circumstance, that of joy, that of sorrow, that of trial, that of suffering, that of anxiety, that of just an urgent desire to see your glory revealed in and through us and displayed outwardly through your church. Father, we, we thank you for Martin and for Philip, for Joe for Joanna and for Sarah, as they will come forward at the end of uh, this message to be baptized, to testify to the power of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and of your Holy Spirit, of their worship of God the Father in following Jesus in obedience into baptism. We thank you, Lord God, that we as a church have an opportunity to encourage and disciple and to train them and that their parents also, Lord God, as they walk with Jesus, are able to demonstrate and model the life of Christ, the importance of serving him and obeying him and not only loving God our Father, but loving neighbor as well. We thank you, Father, for an opportunity to gather with friends and family to witness a, a momentous event in the lives of these young people, a joyous event, an event that is a significant and important moment in their life of discipleship is following Jesus. We ask, Lord God, that your spirit now would open our hearts to hear your word, open our ears to respond to it in faith, to have our faith affirmed, to have our faith encouraged, O oh Lord God, to see you in a new and glorious way. May the light of your truth ever shine on us, Lord God, that we might know the way that we should walk, knowing that Christ has walked that path before us and is with us every step of the way, and that your spirit is there also to lead us and to guide us into all truth all overseen by the glorious and magnificent, omnipotent, sovereign, guiding hand of a loving Father. Father, we ask and pray this in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. I think I had been about maybe a year or two um, serving uh, the church in, uh, in Ridgetown, Ontario. We had a, a baptismal service on a particular Sunday in the local paper at that time. Uh, I think it was the Ridgetown Independent had a, a picture of the church uh, in the, you know, the church news page, and then it had the, the following announcement that there would be several candidates uh, that Sunday who would be baptized by submersion. So sort of let that settle for a moment. Yeah, I, so I wrote back, I wrote a letter, a very polite letter to the editor, just to sort of gently remind them that submarines submerge. Christians who follow the Lord Jesus are immersed in baptism. Slight difference, mind you, but I thought it was important enough to point that out. 
Baptism is a, a, a momentous event in the life of a believer. So momentous, so important that Jesus himself included it in his great commission that as we go, as we make disciples of all nations, we baptize them and teach them. So baptism is a function of being taught. It's a function of being an aspect of being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the uh, documents that we, uh, uh, we adhere to, or at least gives expression to our faith, is the, the London Baptist Confession. And it defines baptism as an ordinance of the New Testament ordained by Jesus Christ to be unto the party baptized a sign of his fellowship with him in his death and resurrection, of his being engrafted into him, of remission of sins, and of giving up into God through Jesus Christ to live and walk in newness of life. And the candidates then for baptism are those who do actually profess repentance toward God, faith in and obedience to our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we celebrate whenever anyone is baptized that particular fact, that there has been something that has occurred in the life of the individual, whether it's a, a young man or a young woman, a child, a boy or a girl, that they have experienced the opening of their heart by the preaching and hearing of the gospel such that they have responded to Christ in faith and now desire to follow him into the waters of baptism as an aspect of their discipleship, knowing that as they have emerged from the waters of baptism, they must continue to be discipled by him, by those who have been entrusted with the teaching of the gospel, their parents primarily, and then the, the church at large. We understand that it's important then for believers uh, to be baptized. And why is it important for believers to be baptized? Well, it's important for believers to be baptized simply because baptism is the public confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the, the way that we tell the world that we have decided to break, if you will, from the world's way of doing things to do things the way Jesus says life ought to be lived. It's a, it's a public declaration that we have been changed inwardly so that now outwardly we profess to all who will take part or take notice that our lives are dedicated to following Jesus Christ and giving him glory, to be salt and light uh, in this world that is in desperate need of both, that we are to dispense the living water of the gospel through the way that we live and through the things that we say, through our conduct, our speech, and our behavior. That with the help of the Holy Spirit, we have come to a moment in our lives when we recognize that having been born under the wrath of God, we have come out from under the wrath of God through the grace of God by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That Jesus himself has borne that wrath has borne that anger against our sin, and now we are forgiven. We have sung about it. We have heard it from the Word. We have seen from the prophet Ezekiel that the heart that once was far from God and separated from Him has been replaced with a heart that now is drawn to Him and draws its life from Him and seeks to worship Him and seeks to share that life with others. Not to keep it to ourselves, but to, in a very public and very real way, share that new life. The, the scriptures that I had read before uh, this message from Matthew 28 and then from Romans 6 lay out, at least from one aspect, 
the New Testament idea of what baptism is. We understand from the passage in Matthew's gospel that baptism is required of every follower of Jesus Christ. That baptism, when you get into the Romans passage, that baptism is in itself an act of worship as well as obedience. And that baptism marks the moment when God turned our life around and that we went from following our own desires and appetites to pursuing God in Him only. So let's look at that first uh, passage of Matthew 28 and see where baptism is required of every believer. We understand that when Jesus issues the Great Commission there in Matthew 28, what He also did in not only telling His disciples to go, He established baptism as a sign and seal of being His disciple. That there is this inward work that is performed by the Spirit in which he removes our old heart of rebellious stone and he replaces it with an obedient heart of flesh and a willingness to think God's thoughts after him and to follow him fully. Now we understand that there are certain notable exceptions in the scriptures that not every believer who came to faith in Christ was baptized. The thief on the cross comes to mind. But generally, and in most cases, when someone professes faith in Jesus Christ, as an aspect aspect of their discipleship, they then follow him into the waters of baptism. So not to be baptized as a follower of Christ is to disobey a, a direct command of the Lord Jesus. Not to baptize as well is also to disobey a command. Jesus wants us to go public with our faith. The gospel as we have looked at in our Ephesians Bible study on Friday night, and I'll put a plug into that. If you have time on Friday, come to the Ephesians study. We have seen in the Ephesians study that the gospel is a public secret. That what God had held, un, had held hidden for generations until Jesus comes is now made known. That his grace extends beyond the borders of physical Israel to any who would confess faith in Jesus Christ. So Jesus wants us to go public with his gospel. Baptism is a way to do that. It is a way to to go public with our testimony and our declaration that Jesus is Lord, that he is now the one who rules and controls our thoughts, our lives, and the choices that we make in life. So one of the things that Jesus taught as he issued this great commission, these commandments, which are very, very straightforward, go, make disciples, baptize, teach, They are all functions of what it means to follow him and to obey the gospel. Baptism, as a component of that, is a a one-time act of obedience. Uh, It's a function of our discipleship. Teaching, following that teaching, then continues what the baptism symbolizes. So baptism represents... Yes, I have come under the authority of Christ. I'm going to follow his teaching. And so discipleship then takes what happens here. And the obedience to his teaching now continues throughout the rest of our lives. I've often uh, thought over, have compared baptism and discipleship to the, the difference between, let's say, the wedding day and the marriage. Right? We all, if, or... Um, if that doesn't work for you, the, the day, let's say, you got that letter in the mail that said you were accepted into that college or university. 
there's that event. You have received the letter. You have pledged, in a wedding day analogy, you have pledged, you have made vows to one another. But when the wedding day is over, the marriage then begins. You must now learn how to live with one another. You must now learn how to forgive one another, how to love one another, how to serve one another, all based on a promise that you made on a particular day. Today, our four young people will make promises. They will attest to the fact that they have confessed faith in Jesus Christ, that they will indeed, with the help of his Holy Spirit and of the church, continue on in their faith. Baptism marks that moment when God opened their heart to the scriptures and they confess faith in Jesus, but it is now their responsibility and ours as a church to surround them with the teaching of the gospel so they can continue to live out the gospel. Baptism is required of every follower of Jesus because it is a testimony, a public declaration of our faith in Christ. And Paul tells us then in Romans 6, just moving ahead to that, that baptism is then also an act of worship. He says in Romans 6, 1 to 4, what shall we say then? Are we then to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were baptized therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. You read that text, you hear that, you see that Paul is really defining or describing baptism as a symbolic act in three parts. There is death, there is burial, there is resurrection. There is death that takes place when we step into the water, telling the world, our old way of life is no more. I have died to that. And then we go under the water of baptism, representing our burial. That we are truly dead to that old way of thinking, that old way of living, that old lifestyle. And then resurrection is when we come up out of the water, testifying to all who see and hear, that here stands before you a person who is now a new creation in Christ. The old has passed, behold, the new has come. And they have dedicated themselves to, be, to living out that newness of life, by faith in Christ, by submitting to his word, by following him, his lordship, his authority. Baptism represents that death, that burial, and that resurrection, and it anticipates a resurrection to come. It's interesting that the Greek word that we have for baptism literally is baptizo. It means to immerse, or as the Greeks referred to it, as kind of a dipping or a dying. They would use that word baptizo to signify the dying of a garment. So it's not too far to say, it's not too much of a stretch to say that in baptism we die with Christ and are died with Christ. Because we emerge from that water clothed in his righteousness, clothed in his glory, clothed in his goodness. The old Ragged and filthy clothes of our former way of life have been washed away by the water of baptism, the confession of faith in him. We emerged then from that water, now new and clean, holy and fresh. It's the symbolism associated with that. 
we call baptism, like the Lord's Supper, we call it a sacrament, we call it an ordinance, we call it a means of grace. Because there is something communicated to the believer as well as to the church more than just what the act represents. There's nothing magical necessarily about baptism. There's nothing special about this water. I tell people who come to be baptized, you know, just because you're baptized, it doesn't mean you'll never sin again. I remember when our, our daughter turned five and she proudly proclaimed that she would never, ever again disobey mom or dad. And I think people approach baptism the same way. It's like, oh, I went into the water of baptism. That means I'm going to be good for the rest of my life. You are in Christ, but you're still going to sin. Because the real power at work in baptism isn't the water, isn't the act itself, although that's important. The real power in baptism is the Holy Spirit who compelled you to go into the water of baptism so that you could be raised out of it and then go on to live in newness of life. Baptism is like communion in a sense that it points backward, looks at the present, and then looks forward. It looks backward to the point that at one time we were separate from God without hope and without him in the world. But now I have been, by his grace, brought into a relationship with him. And I have been raised to newness of life. And that resurrection that we experience now points forward to a day when we will be raised from the dead on the day that Christ returns. So baptism is an act of worship that reminds us we have died and we are now living for and with Christ and we will live with him forever. It's a sign and seal of that inward work of the Holy Spirit that is now demonstrated outwardly through a public act. And then lastly, Baptism marks the moment when God turned our life around and changed our life forever. In verses 5 through 7, we're going to just cover those verses for this morning. Paul writes, if we've been united with him in death like his, we shall certainly be united with in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. So that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For he who has died has been set free from sin. So baptism symbolizes our union with Christ. We identify with his death, his burial, and his resurrection as the means of our salvation, as the reason why we are forgiven, that he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we, by faith in him, might become the righteousness of God. We no longer live Paul writes in Galatians, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, the one who gave himself for me, who loved me to that end. Baptism is that moment when we tell the world that the old me is gone. The old me may emerge and, and be seen after my baptism, but that's no longer who I am. Who I am is who I am in Christ. Who I am is who he is molding me and shaping me more and more into his image and his likeness. It simply confirms the fact that we have been born again by grace through faith in Christ. As I quoted from 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. 
So I would extend an invitation if there are any here um, that have been walking with Jesus for any length of time but have not yet followed him into the water of baptism, come talk with Pastor Eric, come talk with myself, Pastor Justin, or Pastor John when he returns from, from Scotland. Talk with us and, and we'll, we'll set up a time to have a conversation about the importance of baptism, why it's necessary. And if you haven't made that initial confession of faith in Christ, if you're, if you're visiting with us and, or have been coming here for any length of time and you've heard the gospel, or maybe hearing the gospel for the first time, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was raised on the third day, that we might have our sins forgiven, that we might re be redeemed and saved from the wrath of God through faith in Christ. If that has not been your experience, again, talk to Pastor Eric, talk to myself, talk to Pastor Justin. We'd be thrilled to have that conversation with you. And to show you from the scriptures how one can inherit eternal and everlasting life through faith in Jesus Christ and then follow him in obedience into the waters of baptism. Because when we're baptized, it signifies to the world that we have been sealed with God's Holy Spirit. That our heart has been changed, that our mind is being daily renewed by the power of his grace, mercy, and loving kindness that our old way of life indeed has been crucified and buried with Christ, and that we have been raised to a new life of obedience to everything Jesus commanded. There are a lot of illustrations to illustrate the importance of baptism and then discipleship. I mentioned one already about wedding and marriage. Baptism is the email that says you got the job. Discipleship is showing up every day to do the job. Baptism is the letter telling you that you've been accepted to that college or university that you've worked so hard to get into. Discipleship is now doing the coursework that will earn you the degree so you can start your career. Baptism is the mortgage company telling you that your loan is approved. Discipleship is working to pay off the mortgage. Doing everything you can and that's necessary to furnish the house to maintain it and to keep it in good repair. And once again, discipleship is like a wedding ring. It reminds you that on a certain day, you made a promise. But the wonderful thing about baptism and that promise, it's not you only who will help you keep that promise. Remember, at the end of the Great Commission, Jesus said, I will be with you always. He is with us through the power of his spirit. So you emerge from your baptism the way that you went in, in the sense that it was Christ who led you there, and it's Christ who will lead you out all the way home. Some years ago, a friend of mine compared his day of baptism to his birthday. And he would mark on the calendar, you know, he had his birthday, and then he would mark the day of his baptism. And I asked him why he did that. I can't remember the day I was baptized. It was sometime in the summer of 1977. I don't remember the day. My friend did. And I asked him why that was important to him. And he said, it's important for this reason. Because on those days, 
when my heart is cold, on those days when my faith is small, when I'm under stress at work, when I feel far away from God, as far away as a human being can feel, I remember that on a certain day in the month of November, I was baptized because I had made a profession of faith in Jesus Christ. So whatever I feel fades away in the light of the reality of that day. There was a day when I declared I'm a believer in Jesus and that has not changed regardless of how I feel. So for Sarah and for Joanna, for Philip and for Martin, mark this day, November the 20th, 2022 because there will come a day when your faith will be stretched to the limit and you will feel small and you will feel scared and you will feel all alone you remember November the 20th 2022 when you went into that water and then you came out and a group of people friends and family all applauded and cheered you on a crowd of witnesses encouraging you you've come this far Keep going, keep going, keep going. You think about that. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the grace that is given to us through baptism, for the grace that leads us to obey and follow you into baptism, and for the power that sustains us and that confession that is made confirmed by baptism, that you will keep us always to the end of the age. We ask and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.